Finding Your Fire is the theme that our MOPS International group, bunch, whole bunch of talented men and women spend time and prayer and hours and years developing curriculum for us to share. If you've never um, gone to the website, you're going to find all kinds of encouraging articles. If you're a member, you'll get um, a weekly update with encouraging articles on marriage, uh, money, motherhood, personal growth. All these things are rich. This is our theme for the year. It's called Find Your Fire. Today we're going to talk about how to go back, how to tend that fire, and how to never let your fire go out. We thought this month would be a perfect time after the busy, busyness of the holidays. I don't know about you all, but with little ones, I can imagine yours was pretty busy. Mine was crazy busy, too, because now we've got all the grandkids and all my kids home. And it was wonderful. I loved it. But um, it's time to focus, revisit, and um, let's, let's think about fire. And y'all, I would just, just admit right off the bat, this is not my comfort zone. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous. I'm excited to share this with you. It's such a great message. But um, I'm a little nervous, so thank you for all your smiles. I'm glad to be here. So find your fire. What does that mean? Are we lost? You know, where are we looking to find it? But some of us might be burning very bright in motherhood. Or some, like this candle, could be burned out and need to go back to the instructions. You know, life can be very messy, can be complicated. Sometimes it can be cold. But, in, but it can also be, at the same time, it can be joyful and exciting and red hot. So today, you're in the perfect place to be reminded how to tend your God-given spark. So let's look at this verse together. Um, I admit this theme didn't make much sense to me. I was very curious about it till I began to unpack it. This verse comes from, and it's the basis for this theme, comes from Romans, the chapter, chapter 12, verses um, 12 and 13, 11 and 13. Never let the fire go out. When you hope, be joyful. When you suffer, be patient. When you pray, be faithful. Share with God's people who are in need and welcome others into your home. The focus this year is to use this verse to stoke the fire, to tend the fire in our hearts, to increase our awareness of God's presence and to live well. So this is what we'll be thinking about you, you know, fire intrigues us. Those of you who have a fire pit or a fireplace, you know you're just kind of drawn to it. Think about it. Think about a campfire. Or think about, um, uh, you know, about the fireplace. Did you know that fire is a tool that's only used by humans? All other creatures on the planet fear fire. But we have the ability the unique ability to harness it, to use it, for uh, it, use its power to improve our lives. We congregate around it for light. We use it for protection and for company. Um, 
it's not only a tool, but it's also inspiration. Poets, artists, songwriters use fire to describe that spark that wakes us up in the morning, that fuels our passion and our purpose. Have you heard that song by For King and Country, Joy? I've got that fire, fire down in my bones. That's a great song. But fire has also played a role in the kingdom of God to guide and to transform. God used it, think about it, to lead his children through the desert to the promised land. It was light and heat during the cold desert nights. And during the day, it was protection and guidance. They followed it. Also, we see in, in the word that it's used as a visual symbol to remind us that God is always present with us, and he always provides for us. Fire is transforming. It's purifying. Think of how a potter uses fire to take this nasty lump of clay and make it something beautiful and useful. Think of a jeweler. A jeweler uses uses fire to burn the dross off of gold and bring it forth so it's shining brightly and beautifully. You know, um, whatever the context, fire is powerful and not to be ignored. I think this is funny. It's just a side note. My son is a firefighter, so he talks about putting fires out, not letting this be the year we tend to fire. So anyway... This is the year we are going to concentrate on tending the fire in our own hearts. Holidays are done. Busyness, busy, busy, busy days are are that season anyway. I know every day is busy, but anyway. We're going to stop, ladies. Stop inhaling the fumes of our mistakes. That we're not enough. That we're not a good enough mom. We're not pretty enough. We're not thin enough. We're not brave enough. We're not smart enough. We're not wealthy enough. Pick. Instead, we're going to love our children with an all-consuming love, a fire of love, and use our words to warm their hearts. You know, the world around us, our culture burns with passion for trivial things, don't you think? And it, and it really cares very little for things that have lasting worth and value. So instead, let's ask God to set our hearts on fire for the things that matter the most. These last few weeks for me have been hectic, more probably more than any time in my life. Um, we've been out of town. I've for two weeks, I had 14 people in my house to feed for breakfast, lunch, dinner, sleep, bathe, you know, wash clothes, all that stuff. The week before that, I had a family of five in the house for um, a funeral. Thanksgiving week, I had a family of six. We were out of town for two weeks to visit my family in Alaska. So I'm just, I was crazy busy. I was kitchen weary, but there was such joy in it because 
the things that matter most became very clear to me that these were the things I prayed for. With our kids all around the world, our house is empty most of the time. I mean, we have our small group every other week, which is wonderful. But I'm a mom. You know, I want my family. I want my family there for Sunday dinner, you know. So this was an answer to prayer, and it was joyful. But the things that mattered most was I I looked around. When I was kitchen-weary, I walked away. I just walked out of the kitchen, and I looked around, and there are two little... I didn't think this was going to make me cry. Two of my granddaughters who never even knew each other. And there they were in the playroom, just loving each other and playing with dolls and playing house and having such fun, and I looked, and I saw my sons on the sofa playing Mario Kart, <laughs> you know, or sometimes they were playing, uh, you know, watching football. They hadn't been together in about six years, and, um, you know, I saw, I saw the older grandkids, one boy, nine girls, the old, three of the older ones at a, at a table in the dining room, and they were playing cards together. These are the things that matter most, ladies. You know, it's the relationships in our heart, that the times we spend together. That's what matters most. You know, meals will come. They'll get done. It's okay. I found out after two days, I did not have to get up and do bacon, eggs, pancakes, gluten-free pancakes, and <laughs> lactose-free milk and regular milk. I didn't have to do that, you know. After a couple of days, I realized that it was okay. They were fine. Most of them could fend for themselves, and bowl of cereal was great. So take yourself off the hook on that one. So how are we going to do this? Let's see. Brittany, will you put the next slide up, please? Brittany has been wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brittany. She's been great. She got this clip for us, and um, I really appreciate it. So the MOPS theme, we are going to live expectantly. We're going to surrender daringly and breathe freely. How does this relate? I had to unpack this for it to make sense, and it's so rich in meaning. I hope you'll, you'll follow with me. To live expectantly is derived from those verses. Paul says to live expectantly is to hope joyfully. To, to um, surrender daringly is to suffer patiently. And to breathe freely is to pray faithfully. So how, let's, uh, oh gosh, I forgot my Bible. I need my Bible. Uh, y'all, excuse me, one second. I want to look at this in context. Where did I put it? I left it in the car. No, I didn't. Yes, no, I didn't. Got it. All right. Sorry. Okay. I don't want to just take this out of context because it's got such great meaning. So let's look at the whole verse. Okay? Okay. Verses 9 through 13 in chapter 12. Chapter 12 of Romans is referred to by scholars as a chapter of transformation. And um, I think you, you see why if you haven't already been familiar with it. Starts off with verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what's good. 
Love one another with a brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. There's a word. (laughs) Don't be lazy. Uh, But be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and show hospitality. So if you think about this whole thing, why why do we think this has chosen to inspire us on our motherhood journey? This is all for love. The whole thing is for love. Recognize and hate evil. Hold fast to what's good. This is essential for true love. To honor others more than ourselves. What, What greater sacrifice is there than, of course, Christ laying down his life for our sins, but motherhood is a great sacrifice. You've borne a child for nine months. You've carried this child. And now you're nourishing, nurturing, helping this child to grow. That is honoring someone greater than yourself. So how do we do this? We don't be lazy. We work hard. Who works harder than a mom? I don't know anybody. Who loves her children more than a mama bear? Do you ever feel that ferocious love come up? This is written to help to equip us to hope joyfully, suffer patiently, and pray faithfully. This is the way God shows his love in us and through us becomes more visible and real. This becomes real to our families. It's not just words out of our mouth and our communities. So then when we do that, the result is then that we share what we have and we welcome others into our homes. And I want to thank Shannon. She blessed us. She shared with us in November about hospitality. That's the result of this type of love. It was inspirational and it blessed us. Thank you, Shannon. So let's look at live expectantly, or as Paul says, to hope joyfully. This is a bold reminder to think about what could go right. We want to renew our minds and choose to trust that God is good. Have hope always on the tip of our tongues. Moms of little, one, little ones, you, you are focused on them, and you may lose sight of your own selves. You can get caught up in those never-ending tasks of family and life and easily forget yourself. When your fire goes out, you're weary, you're tired, you're impatient, you're unsure of yourself, you might be focusing on what's missing, not on what's working. I remember I had four little ones. I had, they were 13 years apart from oldest to baby. I was doing kindergarten and high school at the same time. Too many activities that I signed them up for. I was worn out, tired, impatient, and I'll be honest, my emotions were overwhelming most times, and I lost my temper way too often. I blamed them, but my children were not at fault for my weakness. Motherhood is tiring, but the children are a great joy and blessing. 
You know, fatigue is a reminder for us of our physical limits. We're not meant to be up 24 hours a day. Some days we will be. We know that that's the truth. But our bodies are not meant to go like that. All of our weakness reminds us how badly we need God's help. I needed God's help for my overwhelming emotions. I couldn't control my feelings. And none of us can actually control our feelings. But with God's help, I learned that I could control my responses to those feelings. So um, he taught me through those years, and it took me years of uh, being transformed, that um, he would help me so that I wasn't a slave to my emotions. They didn't turn me, but I could control my emotions. So I hope you'll keep that in mind when you get tired and overdone. Sometimes in pride, we uh, resist rest because, you know, there is always one more task to do, and we need to get it done, right? But moms, I just encourage you to take care of yourselves. Take a break when you need it. Eat a good meal if you have to get up early before you fix breakfast for the rest of the house and end up um, not eating. I learned that these last this last month too. Get up and eat something good. You've you've got to put fuel in your body. Extend grace to yourself. It's okay to lie down and rest. It's okay to take a nap. It's okay to let the kids watch TV for a bit while you lie down on the couch and rest. Those things are okay. Ask a friend to help. Don't just pray and remind yourself of God's promises. I remember when my kids were all little and underfoot, I had to remind myself of God's promise, and I put this scripture right above my kitchen sink in the window. It's from Galatians 6, verse 9. It says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Those words just became a part of who I was couldn't grow weary. What I was doing was good. I I had the hopeful expectation I would reap. If I didn't give up, and some days I wanted to give up, but God's word encouraged me not to give up. So um, to live expectantly is to hope joyful. That's what I was hoping for, strength not to give up, hope for uh, my children to grow up in, you know, peace and good relationships. Some days I was just hoping for a nap. But what are you hoping for? What is hope? Well, hope defined is the confident expectations of good to come. Picture hope as a tree. The ground, the ground from which hope grows is the grace of God. The sprouting of the tree is the beginning of hope. That beginning is in faith. The nourishment that makes make the roots grow down deep, that make that tree strong, makes your hope strong as God's promises. Does that tree bear fruit? Yes, there's fruits. There's fruit of hope. There are four really um, great fruits: joy, love, confidence, endurance. 
These are the things I was hoping for in motherhood. Uh, Joy. That's one of my very favorite words. Joy and hope. For Christmas decorations, I have joy just pasted all over my home. I love it. Joy grows from deep roots, deep, deep roots, firm in the ground of faith. I'm not talking about a false joy or happiness, happiness, (laughs) based on comforts that God may give. Because when hard times come and comforts disappear, that happiness will disappear too. I'm talking about the joy that stays with you through the tough times. I'll always be thankful for um, Anna Chatelaine. Many of you know her. She was a mentor, a teacher for me when my kids were young. I sat under her wing for many, many years. And she influenced me as a mother. She taught me how to love my children well, how to love my husband, how to respect my husband, how to um, learn to discern God's word. Anyway... This stayed with me when we're talking about the fruit of our tree. She said, you know, your children, all of your children who are little, will eat the fruit that we bear. They'll eat the fruit of our tree. If it's good, they are nourished. But don't be discouraged if you don't see instant results. Expectantly hope and wait for it. It will ripen over time. And I've seen that come true. My children are, are grown now, and I've seen, um, I've seen the fruit of, of God in their lives. They don't stay young forever. I've seen rebellious boys come back and love and serve the Lord. You know, I've seen a, a daughter filled with grace and love and generosity. You know, these are the things that, that matter most. So, the next step for us is to surrender daringly and suffer patiently. Suffer patiently. Yikes. I mean, really? This is a bold reminder to let things go. Think of fire as a tool of transformation. We all have trials. Some come in the form of marriage issues, sickness, persecution, money issues, children with special needs. To surrender is the most life-improving thing we can do. It's misunderstood often as weakness to let go, to cave in. But in truth, it's an act of great courage. What would it look like in your life if you were to let yourself off the hook from living like it really is all up to you. Let go of unhelpful expectations from yourself and from others. Let go of the need to control people. I'm talking about me. I'm still being transformed by fire. Let go of the need to control people and situations in your life. Let go of comparing yourself to others. Let go of an unknown future. I'm a breast cancer survivor. I had to learn when I was diagnosed early on. I was in my early 40s. And every time I go to the doctor, the news would be worse and worse 
and worse. So I had to learn that year to let go. The outcome was not in my hand. I had to surrender. I had to surrender to that the Lord allowed this in my life. I had to surrender to the, um, the care of others. I had to let go, let people into my home to cook and care and clean for me. Um, I had to, no control of that. Um, I had to let go of um, my dignity. I lost all my hair. Um, I had to let go of my strength. I was very weak, 12 chemo treatments. I remember about six months along, I was just, I collapsed in a puddle in the, in the oncology nurse's arms. I said, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore. And I had intentions of walking out and quitting. But lovingly, she held me and she said, you can do this. And she reassured me, as my doctor did all along the way, you're going to be okay. That's where I learned. I learned in the trenches to suffer patiently. I learned what I'm encouraging you all to do, rest when you need it. I had just, I spent a lot of time in bed that year. I wasn't sleeping, but I was letting my body rest and renew, renew itself. And of course, here I am. It's been almost 20 years. And you know what else is amazing? Is God has taken away any of that fear. I don't ever, I don't fear it coming back. I don't walk with it. I don't worry about it. I'm just so thankful for what he brought me through and what he taught me through that experience. So when we surrender, we become in sync with the gentle timing of God. When we cooperate, we are transformed. We come out smarter and stronger than before. It's in the worst of life that we learn the best lesson. That's where the roots of the tree of hope grow down deep, deep, deep. When we are willing to surrender, we are willing to accept our weakness. That's when transformation begins. You know, I was very young when I got married. I think Ashley told you. Phil was my high school sweetheart. I found myself far away from home had a brand new baby. I left home to get away from a very unhappy childhood. Um, not nobody really knew it, but uh, you know, my mother struggled with her alcoholism, and we were there was always fighting and chaos going on in my house. But I'd get on that bus and go to go to school, and I had this big smile on my face because. I was away from that. I was at school with my friends. So as soon as I could, um, we got married, and we left home, and we were very far away. We lived like we knew everything because I was rebellious. I thought I knew everything, and I didn't need anybody. And so we moved to San Francisco. I had no need for help, for family, for God. I was with my husband that I dearly loved, and um, we were very much... um, influenced by the culture of the early 70s and all that went on in San Francisco in the early 70s, which I'm not going to get into. (laughs) But that was me. That was me. Um, But along the way, my life came to a screeching halt. 
So you see, I had a preemie baby, not even four pounds, that I had no clue to care, how to care for. But I insisted I knew what was best. You see, I was, I was a hippie, you know. I didn't eat meat. I was only this, and I was only that. And I was going to breastfeed this baby. I didn't know what breastfeeding was. I, I mean, I don't know, but that's what everybody told me I had to do, right? That was the thing you had to do. You had to be the, the earth mother. You had to be, you know, oh, it's crazy. So for three months, after they let me bring this baby home from the NICU, three months, I would not give this child a bottle. I had to go to the doctor's office, which thankfully was right down the street from my house, and weigh his weight every single day that was measured in quarter ounces. That was a miserable time. I was alone. I was scared. I was helpless. But this was my transformation. This was my breaking point. Finally, I collapsed in surrender I was listening to a message. My husband and older son had gone to church because God had started calling us. And I was home listening to a message on TV because I wasn't getting out. I was stayed, stayed in the house. And I, gave, I collapsed in surrender with this baby in my arms and gave my life to God and let go of my life. I gave this baby. I just let go of my control. That began such a transformation in my life. My heart yearned to return home. I wanted, wanted to um, come back to New Orleans. And even the relationship, even though the relationship with my mother was what drove me away. So finally, after six years of selfish, foolish living, we, be, we came home. Now, God wasn't finished in my life, transforming and refining me. But in his kindness, he had forgiven me. I eventually forgave my mother. I could talk about this for another hour, but we do need to have our discussion. My mother and I were reconciled, and Phil and I began a new life that year. And we've been transformed by God's refining fire and love, filled with joy, loving his people, loving our church, loving, you know, loving our family. And... Um, it was, it was a good experience. So this year, I'm going to ask you, do you need to take a daring step into transformation? Do you need to surrender something? You can emerge truer and braver than you ever imagined you could be. Just trust. Let's trust together that God is fighting for you. You only need to be still. And I say I need to wrap this up. <laughs> The third step of transformation or tending our fire is breathe freely, which, as Paul says, is to pray faithfully. It's a bold reminder. Let yourself be loved. You know, you may feel you're not enough in your own mind, but you are enough in the mind of God. Nothing you can do or, as I thought about me, nothing I had done could ever ruin or fracture God's love for you. No amount of striving or performing will ever earn you any more. You are deeply loved by God, by his grace. 
not because of your strength. Now, knowing this, you can stop performing and you can live freely and joyfully. So, breathe freely and be refreshed. Are you aware of his presence in your life? Is your smark a smoldering ember? Well, to kindle this fire is to pray faithfully. That means to persist and stay at it. Don't give up or slack. It's the opposite of random or casual. I can't get this fire to light with just random or casual. I got to go back to the instructions and start all over again. Well, God has instructions for us in his word, and his promises are what will fuel our fire. You know, of course, God is available anytime, and he loves to help anytime, but all relationships suffer without focused attention. Think of your marriage or your family relationships. Um, Let's be women this year who recognize and resist the distractions of our culture. Let's put the phone away. Let's read and pray God's promises. Let's give focus to our children. Let's stop and eye-to-eye contact. For me, it was playing hullabaloo with a five-year-old on the floor when I was exhausted. It was staying up late at night doing a puzzle. But those things are the things that matter most, that one-on-one, that contact, that heart-to-heart. That's when the bedtime rituals, oh, my goodness, you're dead tired at night. But that's when it's time to say prayers and tuck your little ones in. But for us, that can be the sweetest time of the entire day. So push through that. And make it the sweetest time of the day. Prayer to me, when I think of this, to, to breathe freely and pray faithfully, prayer to me is to, to breathe in his presence and breathe out his love. Let it overflow from what you've breathed in. You can't give out what you don't have. So breathe it in and let it overflow. Let that love overflow to others in your life. Pray for daily bread and let go of all the worries that threaten out that threaten to drown out the joy of everyday moments. So, if you'll think about it, to to wrap this up, fire is never static. It's always moving. Think of a, your fireplace. It consumes and it changes whatever it comes in contact with. It builds an intensity as we feed it. It fades if we smother it. So our theme verse charges us, ladies, to tend the fire in our hearts, increase the awareness of God's presence, and live, and live well. Paul says when we tend the fire in our hearts, Oh, we don't have the scripture. Oh, that's okay. Just listen with me. When Paul says it's to hope joyfully, suffer patiently, and pray faithfully. When we do those things, then we'll share what we have with others. We'll share our love with others, our family, our communities, each other. And then we'll live hospitably. We'll live well. Life in today's culture can be hard. Life as a mother can be very hard. 
That's why we need a community of love. I celebrate all of you have come, who have come to the community of MOPS. I love you all. I love this group. I love being a part of this. You inspire me. You just really give me energy. You're, you're wonderful. This is a safe place where you can share your struggles and ask for help and encourage one another. This is the year that women around you look around. Women around you will hope and surrender and live like never before. Will you? While God is the only one who can do the transforming, let's be the women who fan the flames of each other or for each other. I'm, we're so glad you joined us today. My hope is that this message will launch you into 2019 with new faith, that prayer is God's path to hope and love and joy and endurance. We are praying for you. If you'd like to know more about God's love for you, or if you'd like some help to rekindle your faith or your fire, we'd love to help you. Please give us your contact information on one of the prayer cards. Give it to any table leader, any mentor mom before you go. And this year, 2019, beginning today, may we all be transformed And may our spark be renewed as never before. Thank you. Okay, Brittany. represent peace, hope, and unity. And love. Sometimes all it takes is a spark. Something very small. But the spark becomes a flame. And if that flame spreads, the power can be so overwhelming it transforms everything around it. Okay, thank you so much, Liz. That was really great. I'm so glad to understand that scripture more. And remember, if you um, do want 
uh, to know more about this personally or need to talk to anyone, remember to write your name on the prayer card and give it to your table leader or mentor mom. Now we're going to go ahead and start discussion. <laughs> 